Our gospel for today comes from John, the third chapter. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace. From God, our Creator, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Did you know that when a baby is born, they can't see more than 8 to 10 inches away from their face? And they can only see in black and white or gray. After about a week, they can start to see some color. After about six weeks, they can see about 12 inches away. After two to three months, babies can start recognizing faces, but their eyes still don't work together. Finally, at four months, a baby's vision should be clear. Their eyes work together, they can see in full color, and they can start to work on depth perception. But that's not until they're four months old. It's amazing all that we have learned about babies and the ways in which our human bodies develop. It's quite a process. But I have to say, I think God was very wise to design human sight and development in this way as a slow, gradual process. Could you imagine if that wasn't the case? First, you're inside of a warm, dark, quiet place, getting fed everything you need, hearing the comforting sound of your mother's heartbeat, feeling safe and secure, and then bam! You're squeezed out of a very small space. You're surrounded by bright lights. Colors are everywhere. And you see all kinds of things that don't make any sense. 
not to mention you're freezing cold, you're surrounded by sounds that probably sound extremely loud in contrast to the quiet womb, you are hungry but don't quite understand what that exactly means yet, and on top of this, you have to somehow use your mouth to get food now, and nothing feels the same or as safe as it did. No wonder babies come out screaming. (laughs) Having full vision immediately on top of all of this would be overwhelming. For me, it's uncomfortable when I accidentally turn on a bright light in the middle of the night just to go to the bathroom. It's true that light can be wonderful, but the dark can be wonderful too. And whenever we go camping, I love looking up at the stars in the middle of the night listening to the bugs and the frogs or the pitter-patter of rain falling on the tent or the cabin, things that I can only hear because it's nighttime and everyone else has settled down or has gone to bed for the night. It's a very peaceful and safe feeling, probably similar to the feeling of being inside of a womb. Though we cannot ever go back into our mother's wombs, as Nicodemus in our gospel lesson for today's sarcastically suggests, I believe that God gives us the peace of darkness to rest, to be renewed, to simply listen to the ways in which the Spirit moves and God calls us. It's sometimes nice to not see everything all at once. You know, for many years in our society, darkness has gotten a bad rap. Darkness is seen and thought of as the opposite of light, as though darkness and light are are juxtaposed, working against each other. And because of certain interpretations of scripture throughout history, light has been always seen as good and dark always as bad, a place from which evil originates. It doesn't help that this belief about darkness being bad or evil has also been heightened and highlighted by horror movies, which I cannot watch, by the way. But this image of darkness as bad or evil and light as good or godly isn't always the case. And it is unfortunate that this idea comes out of Western society and Christianity. This unfortunately has also fed into the issue of racism in our country and throughout what is known as the Western world, primarily North America and Europe. As many of you know, Africa was once called the Dark Continent because Europeans and Americans didn't understand the cultures of the various African people whom they encountered, so they assumed that they were bad or evil. And then Christian missionaries were sent there to convert the black heathens and save their souls. It's a horrible, shameful part of our Christian history, one that makes it difficult for me to identify myself as a Christian. That's why, as Christians today, it's important to look at and reinterpret the scriptures, keeping in mind that distorted lens and altered, incorrect view of darkness. Our gospel for today provides an excellent text with which to do this. The story of Nicodemus is a well-known one to many Christians because it is here that the phrase born again or born from above comes from a phrase that can sometimes hold negative connotations for people who have been hurt by church or Christians in the past. This is also the story that contains probably the most well-known verse of scripture in all of the world. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16 But one thing that people may not know or remember about the story of Nicodemus is that the character of Nicodemus actually appears three times in John's gospel. Nicodemus first appears in our gospel story for today, where he comes to Jesus under the safety and security and comfort of night to have a purse close and close conversation with Jesus, confessing that he knows that Jesus must be a man from God because he couldn't do all the things that he had done, perform the signs he had, unless he was from God. And it is here that Jesus gives Nicodemus the image of birth, to describe seeing the kingdom of God, having faith in God. Nicodemus is, of course, confused by this, asking Jesus for clarification, to which Jesus replies, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. You know, it's interesting to note that when we are born as humans, we are born out of flesh and a watery womb into a world in which we cannot see clearly for four months. We have to rely on our hearing, smell, taste, and touch to understand the world as best as we can. In our faith tradition, we are born through the mystery of water, word, and spirit combined in baptism. But that doesn't mean that we can instantly or clearly see God or completely understand who God is or even who we are called to be. It takes time to see and understand God. And honestly, I don't think we're going to see 100% clearly until we leave this earthly life. That's why as Lutherans, we don't share the belief that being born again means instantly accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and suddenly becoming a completely changed and new person. Faith is a lifelong journey. Sometimes we can hear the Spirit of God talking to us, often in a variety of different ways, and other times we can't seem to hear God at all, just like the wind comes and goes. Going back to our story, Jesus then continues to try to explain things to Nicodemus using more concrete images as a Jewish leader would know. References to the Israelites as they wandered in the desert with Moses, reinforcing and recalling this idea that God is with and among God's people, that God still loves God's people, and God is committed to saving God's people, just maybe not in the way that the Jews originally thought. Now that's the first and most involved encounter of Nicodemus in John's gospel, which probably leaves Nicodemus with more questions than he came with that night. The second encounter of Nicodemus comes towards the end of a day, at the end of the Feast of Tabernacles. And there is a group of chief priests and Pharisees that were meeting, and they were waiting for the temple authorities to bring them the news that they had finally arrested this Jesus. But unfortunately, they weren't able to arrest Jesus that day because he'd become too popular. And perhaps the temple authorities were starting to believe and listen to what this Jesus guy was really saying. Of course, the chief priests and 
The Pharisees were very upset about all of this, saying the temple police should just do as they're told instead of questioning the motives behind this very high and private council. And Nicodemus, who was a member of this council, stood up to them and basically said, doesn't everyone deserve to at least be heard and given a fair trial before they are judged? And then, of course, the council accuses him of being a sympathizer and a believer, which ends the discussion. The final and third time Nicodemus is mentioned is after Jesus is crucified, when Nicodemus comes out in public, in broad daylight, so to speak, to help Joseph of Arimathea to take care of Jesus' body and bring it down from the cross. Now, some Christians have used this story and the progression of Nicodemus in the Gospel of John to emphasize this idea that night and darkness represents shame, fear, and even a lack of faith. And the light and day represent faithfulness, belief in Jesus, and a true disciple or follower. Hence the reason Nicodemus first appears at night and then finally in broad daylight. I confess that I used to believe the same. However, after many conversations with people, I now have a different view. First, whenever you are struggling or have questions about something, it takes great courage to ask those questions and talk about those struggles in the first place. Nicodemus was brave and courageous to come to Jesus with his questions and struggles, to seek out the truth for himself when his colleagues would not. Second, it makes sense that you would want to have that conversation in private with someone that you believe you could trust. And it was under the comfort, calm, peace, and safety of the darkness that Jesus was able and willing to talk at length with Nicodemus about these tough things. And third, as we've already mentioned, faith is a long and slow process. Understanding our lives of faith, our journey, who God is and who we are called to be, being born again, is also a process. It's a lifelong process with several stages, similarly to fully receiving your sight as a newborn baby. And while it can be frustrating to not understand some things about faith and life, and we wish that God would sometimes give us at least a little more insight and understanding to why things happen the way they, they do. I have a feeling it would also be extremely overwhelming and difficult if God revealed everything about faith, life, and the story of the entire universe, past, present, and future, all at once. As it would be if a baby had to decipher and try to understand everything it saw instantly. As we were reminded in both our Old Testament and New Testament lesson for today, it took Abraham years and years to trust God to finally understand what God's course was for him, what God's journey was for him. And he didn't even get to see the fulfillment of all of God's promises. It is through a process of figuring out who we are and who God has called us to be in faith that we can feel and receive the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding. The peace that can come from the Spirit. A peace similar to what we feel when we're tucked snugly into our beds, hugged by darkness, listening to the sounds of nature that surround us, and are led to dream. If you doubt this, Struggle with this idea that darkness is just, or can be, just as holy and beautiful as the light is. Remember these two verses from our psalm for today. The Lord watches over you. 
The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. God watches over you and is with you in the comfort of darkness. So as you wrestle alongside the rest of us throughout your life of faith with what it means for you to be a light to the world, a calling that is often blinding and not easy nor comfortable, remember that it is in the darkness that God holds you, meets you, comforts you, and renews you, giving you a different view of life and faith as you are reborn anew into each day through the gift of baptism. Amen.